Um, well, it is great to be out here again. Just want to say again, thank you to the Long Grove for letting us come out and have our service here. Uh, we are the white church where many people park, and so we have a lot of interaction even the past couple days. Um, it's been really great just to see so many people with the weather the way it is. We've had just a lot of interactions, and so uh, we're just privileged to be a part uh, of what goes on here for the fests, and we're, we're just really thankful for that. Um, if you are filming this or watching this at some point, uh, you don't need to address, adjust your screen or anything. My legs are actually as red as they look. Um, I was in the field yesterday parking cars, and so, yeah. They say that'll turn into a tan, but it, for me, it just turns into a million freckles. So um, maybe someday that'll actually happen. Today, I just want to spend a few moments, and again, we're going to just share a message here, and just something that I really wanted to, I think, share, and just to encourage us uh, in the, the day and the times and everything that we're living in. Uh, just There's just something I think that uh, resonates you know, for us as far as uh, just some hope and just kind of what to look forward to or, or how to look and see the way through. Um, you know, this past week, I don't know if many of you were aware of it, but uh, it, a week we celebrated uh, what we call, or not what we call, what everybody calls Police Week. Has anybody ever heard of that? Any police officers or anybody have any affiliation? You should hear of it, and if you see a police officer, make sure you tell them thank you. Again, out events like this, you see them a lot of places providing the security and kind of the safety that we need, especially with so many of the things that we see happening around our country these days. So we're thankful for that. And so um, it was police week. And you know, one of the most common interactions that police have with people is the routine traffic stop. Any takers in that? Right, come on now, we're in church, so you're gonna have to be honest here, right? So, you know, a lot of times, probably, I don't wanna say the most common, but I know probably where most people get that unexpected interaction with a police officer is when maybe you were going just a little too fast, especially through Long Grove out here. Uh, it is 25, and you know, you go just a little bit over and you have that chance to, to have that conversation with a police officer. And you know, when we are pulled over for speeding, I'm gonna to continue to ask for audience participation. Um, how many of you, and again, I don't think there's cameras around, well, there is one actually, so, but they can't see you. But how many of you have ever been let go when you know that you've been speeding? When the cop pulls you over, and says, okay, I'm gonna let you off on a warning this time. Anybody ever experienced that? Okay, so that's good. And, and you know, what that would be called, what the name or we would put to that would be mercy, okay? The, the police officer showed you mercy um, for your speeding. And let me, let me add another layer to this, if you will. Now, answer me if you've experienced this. Have any of you in those situations, once you were let off, has he gone back to his car, he or she gone back to their car and came back with an award and given it to you for driver of the year? Anybody? That didn't happen? Okay, well let's say that did happen and if that did happen, that's oh, the name we would put with that or the term we would put to that would be the term grace, okay? So mercy and grace. So the next time, you know, if you wanna get out of here and just go a little quicker and you wanna experience this in real life, I'd love to hear the story, but um, you know, again, mercy and grace in, in that snapshot. And the difference between mercy and grace is simply mercy is the act of withholding deserved punishment. When he lets you off with this, the warning, you deserve that. We earned that, right? And then uh, the grace part, again, would be the act of endowing unmerited favor. So again, you, you're throwing favor on you that maybe you, you, you know, was more than you deserve. And so we see these two terms, and we see these two terms throughout scripture. Now, we don't have the time to dig into both of these today, but I do want to just lean a little bit towards the, the term grace and what we saw there in that picture. When it comes to the Christian faiths, 
You know, grace boils down to this, everything for nothing to those who don't deserve anything. That's what grace is, right? And how many are thankful for grace? Whether you're a Christian or not a Christian, we get grace a lot in our life. And whether it's from our parents, whether it's from a police officer, whether it's whatever, you know, just grace. And it's, it's wonderful when you receive that. And so why is grace important? You know, there's many reasons, but today I really just want to explore, uh, again, just a, a little bit for the next few minutes, this idea. And that's that, you know, we find our greatest footing for the future, even in uncertain times, in the same grace that God, in, of God that brings salvation to everyone. And the same grace also allows us to grow in faith and holiness. And so that grace doesn't just show up at the beginning. It shows up and sustains us throughout our life here on earth. If you have your, your Bibles or if you have a phone and, and you have a Bible on there, uh, you can turn to Titus. I'm going to read from chapter 2, just a couple verses. Uh, beginning in verse 11, it says, For the grace of God has been revealed, bringing salvation to all people. And we are instructed to turn from godless living and sinful pleasures. We should live in this evil world with wisdom, righteousness, and devotion to God, while we look forward with hope to that wonderful day when the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, will be revealed. He gave his life to free us from every kind of sin, to cleanse us, and to make us his very own people, totally committed to doing good deeds. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you once again for this amazing, beautiful day that you've given us. God, we thank you that the sun is shining, we can hear the birds, and we hear uh, just, again, just many things happening, and just, uh, just so wonderful to be out, Lord, and just uh, experience your creation. God, we thank you again for this wonderful town of Long Grove that uh, hosts this fest, that gives us this opportunity. We are grateful for them and just for their leadership. I ask you to continue to bless them. Thank you for this time we have together, and I ask you to bless it in Jesus' name. Amen. So I don't know about you, but uh, when we drive around, especially summertime hits, and even, I guess, other parts of the year, but, um, you know, we, I, I go down the highway and sometimes, you know, we see like over here the carnival, or I mean the, the carnival, yes, yeah, is, is there with all the rides. But you step that up one notch and, you know, I remember as a kid, uh, we actually had a circus that would come to town. You know, the big top and everything else. Anybody remember those days? They are still around, I think, but it seems like you don't see them quite as much. But whenever you would go to these events, uh, one of the favorite things for me and, and I think for most people uh, of that uh, was, was the trapeze guys and girls, right? You know, you watch them above, you know, I don't know how high they were, but you see them doing all these, these flips and swinging around and jumping around, and it's just crazy. I can't imagine what that must be like to be up there and experiencing that. Um, and oftentimes, is that, you know, if anybody has seen somebody fall, I hope in most cases there was a net, correct? Yeah, I mean, you know, you see that and, you know, the net is there. And again, I think maybe in my lifetime I saw one person actually fall to the net. Um, but it is. It's, it's kind of that backup plan, if you are, that safety uh, that, that is there. And so you, you watch this. But um, a gentleman by the name of Juan Ortiz wrote this uh, in relation to actually Grace and kind of painted this picture, and I wanted to share it with you. He wrote, watching a trapeze show is breathtaking. We wonder at the dexterity and timing. We gasp at near misses. In most cases, there is a net underneath, and when they fall, they jump up and bounce back to the trapeze. In Christ, we live on the trapeze. The whole world should be able to watch and say, look how they live, how they love one another. Look how well the husbands treat their wives, and aren't they the best workers? Aren't they the best neighbors? Aren't they the best students? This is to live, or that is to live on the trapeze, being a show to the world. And what happens when we slip, though, and it's, it's this, the net is surely there. 
Jesus Christ has provided forgiveness for all our trespasses. Both the net and the ability to stay on the trapeze are works of God's grace. Of course, we cannot be continually sleeping on the net. If that is the case, I doubt whether that person is a trapezist. And so, again, we, we want to be, as, as believers, as Christians, we, we walk our lives in grace and understanding that, but we don't just uh, lay on that with no action. Because the reality is, is God is gracious, and this entire letter that was written to Titus begins and ends speaking of grace. Paul opens his letter with Titus, to Titus with grace and peace to you, and he closes it with grace be with you all. And so it's obviously a very important principle for them to, to, to grasp. And so today, as we look at these uh, couple of verses here, 11 through 14, I'd like you to envision with me uh, a bookshelf. And on that bookshelf, there's three books, all right? Three books, and on each end, there's, there's, there's bookends, all right? And so these, these scriptures are going to kind of be bookended by like two verses, and then the, the middle has some great concepts. And so we're going to start with those three books in the middle, and, and in verse 12, the first part of verse 12 is what I would call book one, where it reads, and we are instructed to turn from godless living and sinful pleasure. And the idea and the concept here is that we turn away, right? To turn away from what was and what we know is not right. Uh, another word that is used in scripture is, is to renounce that. So we renounce the, this, this way of living, and we are instructed to do what? We're instructed to turn, not not the kind of turning that gets you like merged onto a highway, but to turn the opposite direction, right? To go one way and then to turn and go the other. And from what? It's, it's this godless living and sinful pleasures. And again, this is enticing. This, this can be things that we're drawn to, but we know that is not right. And, and everyone deals with this. Believe it or not, you know, you, there are things that you know are not right. And for some reason, and we know that reason to be just that draw to sin and our sin nature, it pulls us towards things that maybe we don't want to do or engage. But we have to make that decision to turn the other way. You know, oftentimes, not often, but sometimes we're watching a movie and it just, they happen to slip that scene and that pops up out of nowhere. And, you know, we, we're like, you know, my son, cover, cover your eyes. Don't want you to watch that. Anybody ever had to do that, you know, with something on the TV or something? And how many here can witness to this when, you, when your son or daughter covers their eyes? A lot of times it's kind of like this. They're like doing this, like they're covering, but they've got one eye peeking, you know, and you're, they're still trying to kind of get a glimpse because they, they're curious, right? And it's almost that curiosity that draws, draws them even more. Um, and so, but, th but that's really us a lot of times, I think, as adults and when with the things that we're dealing with or struggling with, we, we, we don't just turn away and go the other direction like we're instructed. Instead, we kind of want to sit there and do this and just kind of peek at it a little bit. And how many knows that oftentimes that can lead you back into the very place that you don't want to be? And so, you know, here to this letter to Titus, again, Paul's encouraging him to say, turn from that, turn away from those things and go the opposite direction. That's book one. Book two the other half of, of verse 12, it says that we should live in this world with wisdom, righteousness, and devotion to God. And the key phrase there, you know, we, we turned in the, the first part, and this, this part we live. That means we don't just crawl under a rock. That doesn't mean we hunker down in a, in a shelter somewhere or a bunker. You know, we, we live in this world. We live our lives. And where, where do we live this lives? Here. And what are we focused on? Well, we're focused on the future. We're focused on what the scriptures say, that wonderful day, the, the, the hope that we have of eternity. And we do so not in an attitude of just like, man, I just, 
this is horrible, you know, or, or something like that. It's, it, scripture says that we're supposed to do that with hope, <laughs> with hope. Now, to be completely candid with you, there are times that I, I, I do get discouraged uh, just with what I see with my eyes and, you know, just the, the, some of the frustrations and the challenges that we face. But the good news, and, and again, with, with Christ, we, we see that we can, we can walk through this time on earth, even through the difficult times, with hope, with that focus on that wonderful day. In Philippians chapter 3, verse 13 through 14, it says, Brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. And again, you know, for our church here, we, we know that it seems like there's been a, a fair number of, of, of people that have passed away as of late. But it's so great to, to look at their lives and to see so many, um, even the, many of you that, that in the Christian faith that know Timothy Keller um, possibly have read his, his books. He passed away this week. But to see a life like that and to see them finish the race well, you know, to, to get to the end and to finish well, that's so incredible. And that's, that's really what we're talking about is pressing on to reach the prize, to finish well. And what would our world look like? What would our society look like if more people finished well in life? And I'm not talking about possessions and things. I'm talking about living a life that's honorable. And so again, we have this, this, this hope. We, we turn and we, we hope and we, we look forward to that wonderful day. And there's another book here in, in, verse, in verse 12 on that bookshelf, so to speak. And it's this, and it says that we should live in, in, in this world with this, with this righteousness and wisdom and devotion. You know, there's um, Shawshank Redemption, the movie. Uh, I really like that movie. It's one of my favorites. But there's a phrase in there that says, get busy living or get busy dying. <laughs> and I think, you know, that we are called here to, to walk through this life, again, living and engaging the world, walking through it with wisdom, with righteousness and devotion to God. And so we have these three books then, you know, to turn, we turn, we live, and then we look, we look forward to that wonderful day. And we do so then, now we come to these bookends on either side. And in verse 11 there, it says this, it says, for the grace of God has been revealed, bringing salvation to all people. Again, we see this, this grace at the very beginning, bringing salvation that, that it, he brought Christ to the world. Christ, he came in spite of us. And that's that picture of grace. And then it goes on in verse, to 14 after we see these smaller things in between and he says this in 14 he says he gave his life to free us from every kind of sin to cleanse us and to make us his very own people totally committed to doing good deeds and so again a key phrase a key statement right there at the very beginning of verse 11 is that grace has been God's grace has been revealed God's grace has been revealed to everyone Everyone can see it if they're looking and how it's, it's through Christ Jesus. Who has made the, the gift of salvation Jesus has available to all those who would accept it? That's the beauty of it. It's just like that police officer, you know, not letting you off the hook, extending his grace. And again, that's what has been extended to us. And again, Jesus came and gave his life. Why? To free us from sin, it says. I don't know a person that walks the earth that wouldn't love to be free of their sin. I mean, we are at a unparalleled time where uh, 
the, uh, um, the antidepressant drugs and everything else, all these, everything, people are on all this stuff because they're trying to, to escape something. And there are sins in their life that they're trying to get away from, but they can't do it through medication. He's come also to cleanse us. He's come to make us clean from unrighteousness. And, and one of the most beautiful things, he's also come to make us his own. And that's that, that picture of adoption. When a child is adopted, it's not because of something they've done. It's, there's, there's a child that's looking to be brought into a family, and it's nothing that they can do. If, if, if you've ever adopted a child, if there are people here that have adopted a child, you know how that works. You go and you look at the, 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 the situation, and, and, and you go through all the steps, and it's a lot of work for, for adults to do that, for people to do that. But at the end of the day, the child is brought into a home that, that in one sense, you know, you could say they didn't deserve, but they also that they couldn't have gotten them their own. And that's the beautiful picture of adoption, especially in Christ Jesus. As we prepare to, to wrap up this morning, I want to read from 2 Corinthians. In 2 Corinthians 12, 9 through 10, it says, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in your weakness. And, you know, that's, that's, that's a, a passage of scripture that I think is, is wonderful just to, for us to embrace and just to kind of simmer on for a moment. Because there are times, uh, again, I'll, I'll just speak for myself, there are times in my life that I don't, I don't know, I'm like, where? <laughs> I know the scripture says his grace is sufficient for us, but... It's like, I need more grace at this point. And I don't know if you've experienced that, but that's something for me, oftentimes I'm like, God, I need more grace in this moment. For us, you know, we're raising four boys right now and, and I need a lot of grace in that. And, you know, there are times when, again, not because of me or because I'm just the best parent in the world, but it's, it's God's grace that sustains me. And that, that last part of that verse in 2 Corinthians there, and it just says, for my power is made perfect in weakness. So how many of us here can throw up our hands to that? Like, you know, Lord, I'm weak. <laughs> and it's, it's the perfect place to be because that's where, where God comes through the clearest. So the, the, the truth here today is that the grace of God truly is all we need. We need God's grace and just like that picture as we started that, that, that illustration of the trapeze and, and all the swinging around and all that was happening up there, you know, it's, it's not just the net is grace. That's part of it. But that grace is the very thing that keeps these men and women up on those trapeze. That it keeps us in our lives in the game, so to speak. It keeps us able to move forward. That's the strength and that's the power that is given to us. When difficult seasons come in life, we need God's grace. And you know, we're, a lot of us are out here today, we're gonna have a great time and it's, it's gonna be wonderful. But again, every single person walking here is a different story. And you don't know the situation and today might be a good day, tomorrow may not. And so we don't know when life comes crashing in. We don't know when things are gonna go wrong. We don't know when we get the diagnosis that is not good or encouraging. But we do know that, that God's grace is constant, that God's grace is always there to strengthen us. 
Sometimes it's just hard and it's difficult and we just can't seem to get our head up high enough to see over the next challenge. We're in the middle of the valley. And so today I just want to tell you that there's, to encourage you, that there's hope and that there's grace in Christ Jesus. He can be there, he can walk with you and he can lead you and guide you and give you the strength to make it through when hope fades for the future. Sometimes we know very clearly what our future, where our future is in eternity, but when we're in the midst of it, when we're in the battle, so to speak, that can kind of fade. And if we lose sight of that, it can get very difficult and discouraging. And so in conclusion here today, we turn, we live, we look. We renew our confidence in the fact that the same grace that saved us when we couldn't save ourselves is the same grace that will sustain us and is the same grace that will bring us into eternity with our God. That grace is the grace found only in Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for today. God, I thank you for every person here. I thank you for everybody coming to the Chocolate Fest. God, we pray just that um, you would just let your hand rest on this place, that you would just keep everyone safe. We thank you for all of the work that has gone into this place, into this event. God, we also pray today just that you would take the words that have been shared. And if even one person, Lord, was ministered to today, I pray that they would uh, just continue, Lord, to, to lean into you and to, to know that their creator loves them. God, we thank you for this opportunity to be up front here today, to, to be able to have our service and to be able to celebrate and sing uh, just with uh, so many people. Thank you for blessing this time in Jesus' name. Amen.